Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever this is podcast, we welcome you to another episode of the Genius Cast. I'm Jameson. I'm the genius getting you set for week three. <clears throat> a boring game last night, which I thought was going to be a pretty entertaining game offensively with a lot of a lot of possible uh, players kind of going off in the game between two bad teams. Turned out there was only one bad team last night. It was the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I was higher on. Um, so if you listen to my thoughts on the game you likely did not do so swell on it but we're going to get uh, we're going to get back on the right track uh, this weekend we got a lot of games this weekend that can that, that can get us on over the hump if you did have a player like LaVisca Chenault like a um Keelan uh, Keelan Cole even a Mike Jacecki who I mean he, yes he got a touchdown but he really wasn't strong in the game it really wasn't a game that I kind of envisioned happening I thought it was going to be much more of a passing happy game between the two teams Jacksonville did not show up it was all Miami we'll talk about that game and much more on today's podcast as we talked about today we're going to re- recap last night's game we're going to take a look at the upcoming week thir- uh, 3 schedule this weekend talk about some big games talk about uh, we're going to break down each and every one of those games as well as give you my thoughts on who to play in what different formats. We'll talk about a, a little season long. We'll talk a little DFS. We'll talk a, a little bit of everything today on today's podcast. So hang with us. We'll get going to that in a second. But before we get into that, let's get a little housekeeping up to date. If you're not done so already, please give us a follow on at FansportsGenius on Twitter. And our Instagram is at FantasyFootball underscore Genius underscore. And as always, our website is www.fantasyfootballgenius.com, where winning isn't everything, it's the genius thing. We have weekly, monthly, and full season packs available for our mastermind chat. So if you need that extra help, need a little edge to kind of help you get over the hump, maybe it's a, uh, you're, you're dealing with a rash of injuries, and there was a lot of injuries last week, and I talked about on the last podcast, tons of injuries, maybe, uh, injuries. maybe you need a, a replacement for one of those players. That's where our mastermind chat is about, one-on-one access with yours truly to help you become a better owner and make the right decisions. We'll get back to you within 24 hours, 100% of the time of all your questions answered. If you're part of our mastermind chat, most likely be within a, an hour or two and always available up until kickoff for any of those last second questions. Maybe it's a player that got scratched last second. And this year is a crazy year. We don't know if it's going to happen. It hasn't happened yet, but we know that there may be a chance where we see some of these last second scratches. So that's where I think mastermind chat might be available for you. It might put you over the top to help you win on a weekly basis. So again, weekly, monthly, and full season pack available, packages available. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram if you have any questions. I'm more than happy to answer anything you have about that. With further, Without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and jump right on into today's podcast and talk about the game last night, the Jacksonville Jaguars putting up a stinker against the Miami Dolphins. <clears throat> As we talked about, Jacksonville didn't show up for last night's game. Uh, it, it was it was all Miami from the get go. They start they they start off with that opening drive for a touchdown. It looked good. I was very high on Preston Williams as I talked about. I was very high on Mike Jacecki. I was very high on Lavisca Chenault. I was very high on Keelan Cole. I was very high on uh, both quarterbacks. I was, I was there's a lot of players that I was very high on yesterday, and most of those players did not pan out. I, t- I talked about how this was a game plan that I may look to force uh, to kind of kind of fade a James Robinson in in, in the single game uh, slate because I think that he was going to be very popular. That was the case. I didn't do so swell. He scored twice, was very involved in the passing game. <clears throat> and if you did not have James Robinson in your lineup, 
you did not cash in those single game slates. So last night was not a great night of DFS for yours truly. And hopefully you were able to get a little bit more of information than I was able to give you because I stunk it up last night. I'm going to get it back to uh, better better this weekend. We're going to get back on the right track. I uh, went one and four with my bets as well last night. Uh, it, was, it was really a down night for the genius. And we're going to get you back on the right track this weekend as we look forward to the week three matchups. If we look at the, at, at the Miami side, the one thing that I did get right was Miles Gaskin was much was much involved in both the passing game and the rushing game. Uh, he was he was very involved very early on in the in, in the game. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I did talk about how how both quarterbacks were going to be able to kind of maybe get a couple touchdowns. That was one of the props that I liked um, on, on on all sides was Gardner Minshew and Ryan Fitzpatrick over one and a half touchdowns. Yes, I got there with Fitzpatrick, but I did not get there with Minshew, so I called a loss just because I didn't hit both of them. Both of them had a little bit of grease in it. And I was not too high on Devontae Parker. Parker didn't have a huge game. Obviously, 5 for 69, no touchdowns is nothing spectacular. But again, when there's not very much offense going on in the game and you miss out on players like Parker, like Robinson, you're likely not going to do very well because of how the game just went down. So I think you had to have Parker, you had to have Robinson to kind of have a shot. You definitely had to have Robinson to have a shot. If you didn't have him in your lineup, there's absolutely no way of cashing in last night's game, especially with the, especially the way that the game finished out. Uh, yes, we did get a touchdown out of Preston Williams, who I said was a possibly a um a player I was looking at for the first touchdown and, and any time touchdown, we did get that out of Preston Williams, but that's really about the only thing he did all, all night. And again, it's because a lot of that had, I think had to do with Jacksonville not putting much of a fight early on. They got down big early, and they were able to kind of like go away from the passing game. And again, with all these all these other options, you have Devontae Parker, you have Mike Jacecki, uh, Jakeem Grant, Grant's kind of stepped up, Miles Gaskin out of the backfield, Preston Williams. There's a lot of different mouths to feed in that offense. Yes, they may not be superstars in their own right, but they are uh, capable players to kind of get the job done that's going to take things away from a play from a team that doesn't have to pass the ball all over the field my game script was Jacksonville gets up early and forces Miami to play late I thought they'd get up early by the passing game with Minshew and maybe later in the game they kind of get a Robinson touchdown just because of the the game script has happened but again this went Miami uh, getting up to a big lead and James Robinson still getting there despite I thought he was much more of a rushing uh, running back but but again he's he's very new to he's a rookie we're still learning about him he was very involved in pass game that's on me that's my mistake we're going to get it back and figure it out this weekend as we move forward that's enough for last night's game let's go on ahead and jump right on into the upcoming games this sunday for week three let's start off with the chicago bears and the atlanta falcons the bears come in at two and zero, and the falcons come in at zero and two my opinion is, but again, the Bears have played some uh, cupcake teams. The Falcons have played some tough teams, but you would think they'd be kind of reversed. Maybe the Falcons two and zero, and the Bears zero and two. That's not the case. The Falcons struggling. The Bears. Um looking legit, looking good. Their defense is, is looking great. Maybe, maybe not great, but they're looking good. The Falcons uh, had the lead last week and gave up a horrendous comeback to the Cowboys. Congratulations to the Cowboys, but the Falcons kind of gave that game away. Got to wonder if they're going to bounce back. Julio Jones didn't do much last week, has that hamstring injury. Sounds like he's going to be a game-time decision, so that is a very questionable injury. Um, Calvin Ridley continues to be a dominant force on the field. He looks to be that true wide receiver one. And as I talked about before the season started, there was a very good chance <clears throat> that I could see Calvin Ridley taking over that number one role. I thought it was maybe a year or two away, but it looks like this year Calvin Ridley starting to take over that wide receiver one. Yes, a lot of it may have to do with injury to uh, Julio Jones. He's played with these injuries in the past, but it sounds like this hamstring injury might be a little more than just a, uh, his, his typical uh, don't, play, don't practice throughout the week, but he plays on Sunday. I think there's a very legit chance that he does not play. And as the week moves along and as we hear more and more about it, I'm getting a little less likely that he's going to 
going to play. So if you do have another option, you might, you might want to start definitely keeping an eye on it. And I, I think there's a very good chance that Julio does sit. And even last week, looked like he was much more of a decoy out there. Wasn't really kind of able to kind of get, do his Julio type of things last week. <clears throat> which we saw Calvin Ridley continue to improve. And again, the Bears don't give up a lot on uh, in the passing game. But again, this Falcons team is going to pass, pass plenty. I have no uh, issues playing Matt Ryan, <clears throat> playing Calvin Ridley, playing Hayden Hurst. Um, I'm, I'm a little less likely to pay Todd, play Todd Gurley this week. But I absolutely love Calvin Ridley. He's not going to maybe get his two touchdowns that he's averaged the first two weeks, but I do think he does get a good uh, five, six, seven c- catches, gets close to 100 yards, and maybe gets his touchdown as well. And if, if Julio can't go, that's going to even add more stats to maybe Calvin Ridley. And we also can look at a Russell Gage as well for the Falcons. As for the Bears side of things, I think it's a phenomenal spot for Mitchell Trubisky. Yes, I'm talking about Mitchell Trubisky, who coming in the year we were a little worried about what this team was going to do, but Trubisky's actually looked pretty good to start the year. Allen Robinson should have a decent game against his Falcons secondary, and I like Anthony Miller as well. I do think David Montgomery kind of can, can be a nice play as well, but I'm much more um, interested in playing the passing game because I think this game is going to be maybe the Falcons do jump out the lead. They jumped out to the lead last week against a very good Cowboys team. Now I think they're going to do the same thing against the Bears, and hopefully they can hold that lead if you're a Falcons fan. Um, but I think there's going to be plenty of fantasy points going on. I have the Falcons beating the Bears in a pretty nice high-scoring game, so I think a lot of parties are um, going to be worthwhile in GPPs. I do like the Bears stack with both Anthony Miller and um, uh, Allen Robinson. Maybe run it back with a Calvin Ridley or a Hayden Hurst. I do like the Falcons to beat the Bears in a shootout. Next up, we have the Rams and the Bills. <clears throat> Josh Allen is looking like an MVP-caliber quarterback. I talked about him and Drew Locke, which does not look like the part. But Josh Allen does look the part. He looks like he is a the the MVP caliber type of player. I said he was one of my sleepers, one of my dark horses to to to, to take home the trophy. I do think that is legit reasoning. I think this is the Allen we're going to see throughout the the year. Maybe he's not going to be this good on a regular basis, but I do think there is upside each and every week. As we've seen, his his rushing ability allows him to have that upside that we want out of our quarterback player position. He's looked apart. I do think that he has a pretty decent game against the Rams. I think he's one of the better options at the quarterback position. And I think we're going to see him continue his passing um, as we move forward. And Stephon Diggs, I think, makes this team a lot better. Adds another weapon for him with John Brown. And I think Dawson Knox is going to have a little more of an impact as we move forward. And again, I think as the season moves along, Zach Moss is going to have much more of an impact than Devin Singletary. But as of right now, I think I do like the, uh, Singletary a little more than Moss. But I think by the time it's all said and done, Moss will be the better player than Singletary is off. As for the Rams, I'm not too high on very many parties of this of this offense just because I think the Bills' defense is legit. I think they're a very good defense. I think they're one of the top two defenses in the league. You can look at a player like Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup can have a nice game, um, but I am not really high on Robert Woods this weekend. For some reason, I think Robert Woods struggles against this Bills defense, and I think their their corners can kind of take him out of the game. But I do like Cooper Cup a little bit. So if I'm picking one player on the Rams, I think it is Cooper Cup. I like Tyler Higby a little bit. Don't like any of the running backs there in, 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 in Los Angeles against this Bills defense. I have the Bills beating the Rams on Sunday. Next up, we have the Washington football team taking on the Cleveland Browns. Both teams sitting at 1-1. One one. Both teams kind of a, a surprising 1-1. One one. 
I was not high on either one of these teams in terms of wins coming into the year. I thought I, th- I think the Browns are a team that is going to be very inconsistent throughout the season, a, it, and it all depends on what kind of player we get out of Baker Mayfield. Last week he was very good. The week before that he was very bad. As we saw, a loss the first week, a win last week. Um, so it all depends on what kind of player we see out of Baker Mayfield. The Washington defense is sneaky good. I think the defense there is – is a decent defense, especially the front four and especially against the run. Um, the rookie there that they brought in as, as their number one uh, overall pick has helped this defense tremendously, especially against the run. So I'm not too high on Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb does have a shot at, at a decent game, but I'm, I'm much more higher on a Kareem Hunt just because of what he can do out of the backfield as a pass catcher. And I do like the passing um, in Cleveland this week much more than I do the ground game against a very a pretty good defense there in Washington. As for, as for Washington, I think we can look at Terry McLaurin, and I am very high on Antonio Gibson Think with this week. I think Gibson, this is the week we finally see that breakout game. I can see a big game out of the rookie running back for Washington. I like McLaurin. I like Gibson. That's um, you can look at Logan Thomas in in, uh, in all formats if you're looking for a tight end. But give me McLaurin. Give me Gibson. It's about all I'm looking at. Washington. As for the Browns. We talked about Nick Chubb. We talked about Kareem Hunt. What about the receivers? I'm not too high on either one of the receivers. Yes, I think uh, Odell Beckham can have a decent game. He had a good game last week. But again, if he didn't get that touchdown, which I didn't think was a touchdown, his stats were not very impressive. I think we're seeing that um, OBJ is not really a great connection with Baker Mayfield. We saw it happen with Jarvis Landry that first year. He was able to kind of regain that chemistry with Landry. I just have not seen it from... Uh, Beckham, and I don't know if it's going to happen this year as well. I like Kareem Hunt. is about the only one that I'm really truly targeting on this Browns offense, and I am not sold on Austin Hooper. I think I think coming into the year, I was very down on on Hooper. I think the signing wasn't a great signing. Yes, they don't have uh, David Njoku to do the injury, but before the season, they still had Njoku. I think it was a very good tight end. So I just didn't really, uh, really think that the signing of Hooper was a great signing for the Browns. And again, we've seen this team make some bad signings, and I think Hooper might be one of those by the end of the year. I think he's going to fall outside of the top 20 tight ends, and he should be in the top five from what they're paying him in that offense. I have the Browns barely beating the Washington in what could be a very competitive, low-scoring football game. Next up, we have the Titans and the Vikings. The Vikings do not look good on either side of the ball. The Titans really have not really impressed me despite their 2-0 record. Derrick Henry has not been the Derrick Henry we've seen in, in years past. Again, this is a player that we've seen kind of step up his game much later in the season. He's much more of a December player than he is a September player, but I still think that he needs to kind of get going for this offense to kind of gel. And we're seeing a team that I thought was going to come into the year being much more of a passing offense, and we are seeing that out of Tennessee. No A.J. Brown, I think, uh, helps and, and will improve a Johnu Smith, a John Smith, a Corey Davis, a Derrick Henry. Maybe they can get him going in the passing game a little more. I think if you can get him involved in the passing game, it's going to only open up his rushing um, ability. And again, Henry is one of the best running backs in football, so we have to continue to, to ride him no matter what. And I think he might be able to kind of get going against this very bad Vikings defense, which in years past we have not said that, but this this defense is not very good. This offense is not clicking for the most part as, as well. Adam Thielen started off, started off great last week, catching three balls right off the bat, but then again, he kind of disappeared in the second half of the game. I just do not think this offense in Minnesota is very good right now. I think a lot of it has to do with the quarterback play. Never really been a huge fan of Kirk Cousins personally for what he does on the field. I have the Titans beating the Vikings on Sunday afternoon. 
Next up, we have the Raiders and the Patriots. The 2-0 Raiders. That's right, 2-0 Las Vegas Raiders are right there with the Chiefs right now in the AFC West. Uh, they, they impressed me on Monday night. I think this team is much better than I thought they were going to be coming in the year. I thought they were like in, on the rebuilding stage, but I think they're, I thought they were still a couple years away. And they still may be a couple years away, but I do think they are showing me early on that this team is pretty good on offense. They do have some weapons. Josh Jacobs, Henry Ruggs is a very good player. I like Brian uh, Edwards as well. And I think Derek, Derek Carr is, is also playing very well on, on, on that side of the ball. But the best player on this team right now has to be Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. Darren, Darren Waller goes absolutely bonkers on Monday night after Josh Jacobs goes bonkers on week one. I think Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller are every week starters, no matter who the competition is. And even though the Patriots do have a de- good, de- good defense um, in terms of what we feel in the past, but again, a lot of these players opted out before the season. So I don't think this Patriots defense is nearly as good as they were last year. And we saw that defense late last year kind of fall and kind of slip and not play the way they were playing early on in the year. So as I talked about early, early in the season, before drafts, as we talked about uh, defenses, I am not too high on the Patriots. And I think we do see the Raiders move the ball uh, pretty well against this Patriots offense. So I do think there is a lot of weapons we can use on both sides of the ball, which makes this game a game I like to target in GPPs. And Cam Newton, as, as everybody knows, I was very high on Cam Newton. I thought the signing by the Patriots was a phenomenal signing. You get him for super cheap. He's a very good quarterback. He is a quarterback one right now, playing out of his mind right now. Got much more involved in the passing game last week where they threw the ball much more with Cam Newton. And again, we are, we've already seen what he can do on the ground with his legs. So you just add in more passing and, and, and a connection he has to Julian Edelman. We've seen a little more chemistry with Nikhil Harry. I like Nikhil Harry moving forward a little more than Edelman, but in the short term, I think Edelman is, is the better option uh, moving forward until Harry kind of, kind of takes over that number one role, which I think will eventually happen. I do like Harry long term more than I do Edelman, but there's a lot of offense in this, in, in this game. I have the Patriots winning a fairly high-scoring game over the Raiders on Sunday. Next up, we have the injury, injury, injury San Francisco 49ers. Plenty of injuries on that team um, taking on the Saquon Barkley-less New York Giants. In my opinion, I think both injuries to both these teams had this similar impact just because of what those players are meant to this offense and defense. The 49ers lose Nick Bosa along with many other players, but Nick Bosa was a major injury to this defense. I think this defense is going to show that they are not nearly the elite defense we saw from last year, and a lot of that has to do with no uh, Nick Bosa in, in the middle of the field there on the, on the defensive line. What the 49ers want to do on defense, you take him a, play, a player like him out of the game, it's going to affect that defense in a major way. I think the Bosa injury was just as bad if not worse than Saquon Barkley for the Giants on what they want to do on offense. With Barkley out, they did sign uh, Devonta Freeman. I think we are going to see a little more out of the passing game moving forward. We're going to see much more. Um, and, and again, this is, this is also a team that's going to be falling down, falling down big early on. So I definitely think that we're going to see much more out of the passing game, which is going to mean uh, Evan Ingram, which is going to mean Darius Slayton, which is going to mean Golden Tate. It's going to also uh, um, be a Deion Lewis, who we don't know if it's going to be Deion Lewis or if it's going to be Devontae Freeman this week with Freeman just signing with the team. I think it's going to be more of Lewis this week and maybe moving forward. It might be a split time in between the two. 
And uh, no Sterling Shepard also added, adds more targets to Evan Ingram, to Darius Slayton, and also to Golden Tate. I'm not super high on Ingram this week, but I think moving forward, he is the player that I think is going to benefit the most with no more Saqu- with no more Saquon Barkley and also Sterling Shepard dealing with his injury. I think moving forward, it's going to be Evan Ingram, but I think this week it's going to be much more Darius Slayton and Golden Tate against the 49ers with no Richard Sherman and a depleted defensive unit there in San Fran. I do have the 49ers beating the Giants. But it's not to be not going to be a game like you would have thought if both teams were healthy. Next up, we have the Bengals and the Eagles. Bengals are showing us that they do have their leader in Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow looks the part, looks the real deal. I loved what I saw him of him last week um, on Thursday night against the Browns. Yes, they got the loss, but I think he's showing that he is a leader. He can get the ball to his players. A.J. Green, Green getting a lot of targets, but he's not turning those into production yet. So I think with all those targets, you still have to play A.J. Green. He's eventually going to turn it around. And Tyler Boyd did break out of his slump. Um, he, he didn't look great in the first half, but in the second half he did kind of turn it on. And we saw Tyler Boyd kind of become the player that I thought he was going to be. I did like I, I do like Boyd over Green long term, but I think as it is right now, with all the targets that we're seeing out of AJ Green, uh, currently I, I like AJ Green, AJ Green over Tyler Boyd. But I think if we're talking rest of season, I do think Tyler Boyd is going to be the better option between the two. Joe Mixon is getting more and more involved in the in the passing game. Yes, his stats don't look great right now, but they will flip. I I, I promise you that. I'm still going to ride Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon is still a top five caliber running back. Um, he doesn't look the part right now, but I think he will turn it around. He will become that. And if, if they can get him more and more involved in the passing game, I do not think it is being it is panic time for Joe Mix if you're owner. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't mind um, if you're not an owner to see if the current owner is panicking and get Mixon as a buy low candidate. Speaking of another option, I think it's phenomenal for the rest of the season. Miles Sanders, but everybody knows my love coming into the season. Very high on Miles Sanders coming in the year. Last week, he was he, he told he told everybody he was not 100. percent He admitted it. He still had a very good game. I think the sky's the limit for this kid. I think he's going to be a phenomenal play moving forward. And now that we, we, we see he is healthy on the field, and with the injuries to Deshaun Watt, uh, Jackson and Jalen Rager, both players are questionable to play this week. If that's the case, love Miles Sanders even more, and I think both tight ends. Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz are in play. Both players are likely elite options for me if they, those receivers are out. If one of those receivers are out, I think we can play Goddard, but maybe not as 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 dominant. But I think if both players are out, Goddard's more of a secondary option, where Ertz is a elite option in my opinion. I have the Eagles winning a shootout over the Bengals on Sunday, and both teams are very good plays in the GPP worlds. Um, you might get the Bengals a little lesser owned than the Eagles, which makes them fine options for GPPs on Sunday. Next up, we have the Texans and the Steelers. Texans continue with their brutal start to the year. Uh, Chiefs, Ravens, now Steelers. The, the schedule gets very good moving forward. So I think if you are targeting a trade, look at all of those Texans. Look at Will Fuller. Look at Brandon Cook. Look at David Johnson. Deshaun Watson. There's a lot of players on this offense. There's a lot of options on this team. Maybe even look at the tight end there. Um, it, on your waiver wires for the Texans. I think there's a lot of options that are buy low right now. Get them for cheap now because the schedule gets very good very good moving forward starting next week. They have cupcake matchups on defense, so I think the Texans are one of the better teams to buy low on. Do it now before they start up. And, and again, maybe you can do it after the Steelers game, but I think the teams might start be looking at who they play this week. So maybe do it now before teams are looking at their schedule. Buy low, get a possible league winner in a Deshaun Watson 
Washington or a Will Fuller if Will Fuller's healthy for the entire 16 games. And again, he had that little hamstring hiccup last week, but he's not on the injury report, so you got to expect that he's healthy. If Will Fuller plays the entire 16 games, the sky's the limit for him. We know the connection with him and Deshaun Watson. Yes, he put up a big old goose egg last week, but I think that was much more of the gameplay. Baltimore Ravens are very good defense. And again, the Steelers are very good defense as well. So I think we have to be very careful on who we target on this Texans offense. Obviously, Deshaun Watson, you can play any week. Um, He's not really a matchup proof, but he is able to get there because he does get there in garbage time if, if need be. I still think I'm going to be going Will Fuller no matter what. Brandon Cooks is a little less on my um, automatic start, and I'm not going to be touching uh, David Johnson if I don't have to against this very good Pittsburgh defense. I'm going to be a little hesitant for the Houston Texans outside of Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson. As for the Steelers, we're hearing Big Ben wants to get uh, Deontay Johnson more involved in the offense. He wants to build that chemistry. If that's the case, load up on David Johnson. Um, I think he is a phenomenal play. I have him higher in my rankings over Juju Smith-Schuster. That's right. I have Deontay Johnson higher in my rankings than than Juju. And I think moving forward, I'd rather have Deontay Johnson right now over Juju. But I think this entire offense is going to absolutely explode against this bad Texans defense. Um, outside of J.J. Watt, this defense is not very good. If J.J. Watt's not getting the pressure on, this defense can be had on all aspects of the game. But I'm not really involved looking to get uh, Benny Snell or uh, James Conner. I just don't know what they're doing in the backfield there in Pittsburgh. Week one, we saw James Conner go out. Didn't hear anything about the injury. He later played last week. It was much more of a James Conner week last week, but he really didn't do much against a very uh, a, a, an average too good defense in Denver, but again, I think the ground game is where I'm going to be kind of limiting my exposure. I want many of the passing options, and that includes Eric Ebron at tight end against this Texans defense. I have the Steelers beating the Texans before the Texans maybe go on a run starting in week four when their schedule gets much, much better moving forward. Next up, we have the Denver Broncos hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Broncos, just like the 49ers, suffering a lot of injuries. Drew Locke out two to six weeks. Sounds like it's going to be much more like four to six weeks. They bring in Blake Bortles, Mr. Garbage Time himself. Um, He's going to be backing up Jeff Driscoll. I think we can see Jeff Driscoll have some decent games. Um, I don't think this Broncos team is going to be very good moving forward. The defense likely is going to be able to keep them in games. And if Driscoll can't get the job done, this offense is going to struggle. They're a very young offense with the – the, uh, the wide receivers and tight end. I think with Cortland Sutton out for the year, we're going to have to see Jerry Judy become that number one option in this passing game. It might take him a little time to kind of get going. So I think it's going to be much more of a Noah Fant game against the Buccaneers. I think if Denver wants to stay in this game and kind of put points up on offense, I think they need to get Noah Fant involved much earlier than they did last week against Pittsburgh. So I do think Noah Fant has a decent game against his Buccaneers defense, which is pretty underrated. I think the Buccaneers are very underrated defense. They, they can get pressure on the game. And again, Shaq Barrett used to play over in Denver, so I think he's going to be in for a big game. Has not have a sack yet, I don't believe, yet this, game, this week. But I think this week he might be able to kind of get on the board as he looks to take over um, on defense against his former Denver Bronco teammates. Um, I think we also can see Melvin Gordon have a decent game against his Buccaneers defense. I think we're going to see many, many more, uh, much more involved in the passing game. We've not really seen that true Melvin Gordon uh, blow, up, blow up passing uh, game out of the, the former Chargers uh, running back. We know he can catch the ball very well out of the backfield. We know he's one of the better pass catchers out of the backfield in the NFL. The Denver just has not gotten the ball at in the passing game as of yet. I think that changes moving forward. They're going to have to kind of find different options with Cortland Sutton out with the run, uh, both K.J. Hamler and um, 
Jerry Judy being rookies and Noah Fant being the second year. They got to find options, have to find veteran players. That's going to be, for my opinion, that's where Melvin Gordon's going to come in and kind of be much more involved in the passing game with those little um, little screen passes, little over the middle passes to the running back that Drift Driscoll is looking to get the ball out of his hands for. I have the Buccaneers beating the Broncos in a pretty close, tight game, low scoring game. Um, we, we've we've seen Tom Brady struggle in Denver. He does struggle against the Broncos. I think Broncos are one of the one of the few teams he has a losing record record against. So I do think the Broncos are going to hang, but I think at the end of the day, the Buccaneers are just going to be a little too too much for them. They have a little, a few more options to go to on offense than the Broncos do, and their quarterback play is obviously better in Tampa. I have the Bucks beating the Broncos on Sunday. Next up is a game we can pretty much almost cross off the Jets and the Colts. Jets, the, the Jets are a bad football team. They're, they're a bad football team beforehand. Now with all the injuries, they're a really bad team. I don't see very many players on this offense I want to target at all outside of maybe Chris Herndon. But last week when we kind of looked at Herndon uh, being a player that we can look to um, getting involved much more in the passing game with all the targets out due to injury. He did not get put get the job done. I don't know if it's because of the offensive line, if it's because of Sam Darnold. I didn't watch much of the game. Just uh, looking at the box score, he was not involved. So I think we can look at Chris Herndon, but it's definitely not a safe option. As for the Colts, again, last week they kind of dominated the Vikings team. So they, didn't really, they didn't really have to put the ball in the air. They didn't really have to do anything um, spectacular on offense. So they kind of get, did what they did. Had a good game out of Jason uh, Jonathan Taylor. Had a good game out of Mo Ali, Ali Cox. I think both players are phenomenal options this week. Cox more of if uh, Jack Doyle, Doyle can't go. Um, Jonathan Taylor Taylor's a fine option as as is. As for Naheem Hines, week one he blew up. No one was on him last week. Everybody was kind of on him um, due to the injury to Marlon Mack. And more people were on Taylor, but I think there's also some uh, some uh, people that 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 did like Naheem Hines. Now nobody's going to be on him after the down down week last week. So if that says to us, that means Naheem Hines is going to have a big game. So I do want to have a little exposure to Hines in GPPs just because of what he can do in the passing game. Just in case the Jets can maybe kind of get up to an early lead. I don't see it happening. I think the Colts are going to roll the Jets on Sunday afternoon. I have the Ch- the Colts winning big on Sunday. Next up, we have the Panthers and the Chargers. The Chargers with the rookie quarterback, Justin Hebert, um comes in for the starter, Tyrod Taylor. If you didn't hear about it, talk, uh, the, the team doctor punctures his lung, trying to give him a, 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 a shot for pain um, in the chest area. Pretty uh, crazy stuff going on in the Chargers. I had no clue he was going to start the game. All of a sudden, he's in there. Looked good against the Chiefs defense. Looked good against the Chiefs. He was able to go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. If not for a couple kind of rookie decisions late in the game, this Chargers team was going to beat the Chiefs. They did lose the game, but I think Bear has shown that he is the answer moving forward. Um, I think they are going to go back to Tyrod Taylor eventually if he is 100% healthy. I don't know if that's going to happen this year. Uh, with that kind of injury, is he going to be able to be 100% healthy? They've said that, and I think they have to kind of go back to him if that's the case but as of right now I think Aber is a fine option as a streaming quarterback even though he is a rookie this Panthers defense is bad one of the worst in football so I think you can do the ground game you can do the passing game no matter what option you want to look at the Chargers are a very good play they're one of my favorite options to use in GPPs Keenan Allen Hunter Henry Mike Evans I mean sorry Mike Williams Austin Eckler Joshua Kelly uh, Abair, there's plenty of options to use on this offense. I think anybody and everybody is available to play in all formats on Sunday. As for the Panthers, no Christian McCaffrey out with injury. Mike Davis is said to be the running back to replace. Uh, 
CMC. My opinion is I think we're going to see much more of Mr. Curtis Samuel. A lot of people are wondering why I said Samuel might be the real backup to Christian McCaffrey. In college, he ran the ball quite a bit, and he had double-digit touchdowns on the ground in college. So I think he's a sneaky option to play at running back um, that you can play as a receiver. So I definitely think he's a player if you have the spot on your team to kind of pick up and stash on your team. And if he is the backup quote-unquote backup for CMC. Maybe they get him a little more involved in the passing game out of the backfield. I do think Samuel is a, a very nice stash just in case my thought comes true. As of right now, I think Mac, Mike Davis is the option to go with. Mike Davis should have a pretty decent game against the Chargers, especially what he does in the passing game. And I think the Panthers are going to pass the ball quite a bit more now with no uh, Christian McCaffrey. They're going to pass the ball with Teddy Bridgewater, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel I talked about, Ian Thomas. There is some, there are some options that you can use in Panthers offense. I like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson a little more than anybody else on Sunday, but I think all parties can be played against a decent Chargers defense um, with a very good bookend and edge ed rush. So that's something that the Bridgewater and this offensive line is going to pay attention to is the edge rush that they have out of Bosa and out of Ingram for the Chargers. But I think there's a plenty of options we can start on both sides of the ball. But the Chargers are one of my favorites in GPPs this week. I have the Chargers winning a shootout over the Panthers on Sunday. Next up, we have the Lions and the Cardinals. Detroit sounds like they're going to get uh, Kenny Galladay back. We don't know if he's how healthy he's going to be. The, is, is the chemistry going to be there right away with Matthew Stafford? And again, with no preseason, is it going to take him a little time to kind of going um, and get going in in the season? If you have another option, I might look at the going a different option, Kenny Galladay, but most likely you count on him to be a starter immediately. I think that he can get there against this Arizona defense, and if he is close to 100%, he should be able to get there. But, I, but if you have another option, definitely look into it. Uh, Marvin Jones, I think, is a, is a decent option as well. Matthew Stafford is against his defense as well. I think the uh, Lions are going to have to throw the ball um, to kind of hang with the Cardinals, who look very good. Kyler Murray looks fantastic as a quarterback on the ground, through the air, whatever it is. His chemistry with DeAndre Hopkins has been phenomenal. The Cardinals look to be one of the better teams to start out the gate on offense, and I think Murray's going to be one of the better quarterbacks throughout the year, especially what he, got, what he can do on the ground as a running back. And again, as I talked about earlier, Kenyon Drake's not a player that I was looking at um, in season long. I think that Chase Edmonds is uh, maybe even a better fit than Drake is from what the Cardinals want to do on offense. But as it is right now, Drake is a starter. I think he is in in line for a pretty decent game against the Lions. But I think we can also look at, in GPPs, Chase Edmonds, if he can maybe get in the end zone and catch a couple passes, all of a sudden returns value. He's a player you can get um, for cheap and have low ownership in those big field, uh, large field GPPs. But as for the passing game, um, it's all DeAndre Hopkins, um, Larry Fitzgerald in PPR leagues, and I think we are, we, are, we are eventually going to see Christian Kirk kind of have a bigger impact on this team. We saw it last week. He only had a few catches, but he had uh, a nice chunk of, of yards. And eventually that's going to happen, but right now I don't know if we can trust Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk to get the job done. So for me, it's much more of DeAndre Hopkins. I want as much DeAndre Hopkins as I can, and Kyler Murray is one of the top running quarterbacks in football this week. I have the Cardinals beating the Lions on Sunday. Next up, we have the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Might be the game of the week. Uh, Dallas with the comeback at Atlanta last week. Now they travel to Seattle, who looks amazing. Um, we're, We're seeing the hashtag let Russ cook, throwing the ball all over the place. Um, MVP 
right now I think you have to give it to Russell Wilson, the way he's playing uh, the quarterback position, the way he's putting the ball, the way he's making plays with his legs, with his arm, everything, everything that Russell Wilson is touching right now is working for the Seahawks offense. Making DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, uh, Chris Carson. A lot of these players are phenomenal in the passing game. If Chris Carson can continue his, his, his role in the passing game, sky's the for him. He's a player that we likely always overlook, and I think we're people continue to overlook him. He not, now he's getting involved in the passing game. Absolutely love Chris Carson this week and moving forward. And the Cowboys as well. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. Might be the highest-scoring game of the night of the weekend, but it's also going to be probably one of the most popular games as well. So kind of pick and choose who you like. If I'm talking about the Cowboys, I like Amari Cooper over CeeDee Lamb over Michael Gallup, and obviously Ezekiel Elliott is the top play on that side of the ball. Um, as for the Seahawks, I like DK Metcalf a little more than Tyler Lockett this week for some reason, and I think Chris Carson and Ezekiel Elliott are going to have big games on the ground for both the Cowboys and the Seahawks. I have the Seahawks winning a very close and high-scoring football game on Sunday. Give me all of the Cowboys, all the Seahawks in all formats. Sunday night, we'll see the Packers and the Saints. Michael Thomas still questionable to play. Uh, sounds like Devontae Adams may not play. He's very doubtful for the game on Sunday. If Adams can't go, fire up Alan Lazard, fire up Mark, uh, Valdez Scantling. Um, Aaron Jones is in for a big game against the Saints as well. If there's no Devontae Adams, you're going to find somebody to go. And, and, and I think it is going to be Aaron Jones' game to kind of take control of. But I, we are going to have to see somebody on offense kind of take over a bigger role. I have Lazard slightly over Valdez Scantling, um, but we may see more options of under underlying. So there might be some big name, uh, some under. I'm sorry, some lower name players that we're going to look at in this game for that single game slate. So definitely keep an eye on our article on Sunday for that single game slate. There's going to be some nice value if Devontae Adams can't go, which it sounds like he can't go. As for the Saints, we've talked about Michael Thomas likely not playing. Alvin Kamara should be in for a big game against his Packers defense, who I think are on the verge of being a better defense, but they're still a defense that can be had by opposing offense. And we know that Drew Brees at home is a very good quarterback. He's much different at home than he is on the road. Um, so, I, so I definitely think that if, if, there's no, if there is no Michael Thomas, which sounds like there isn't him as well, Emmanuel Sanders should have a nice bounce-back spot in this game. Jared Cook as well. Alvin Kamara. Maybe a little Latavius Murray on the ground. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of different options for the Packers and Saints on Sunday. I have the Saints winning a close game over the Packers on Sunday. And finally, Monday night football, the Chiefs and the Ravens. I won't go into too much detail on this one. In this podcast, we'll have much more on this on Monday's podcast. <clears throat> but if I'm looking at players right now, obviously there's plenty of options. This one may be the elite game of the weekend. We talked about the Cowboys and Seahawks being the game of the day on Sunday. The game of the weekend is obviously going to be the Chiefs and the Ravens. Uh, should be a high-scoring game. Could also be a low-scoring game. It really depends on which way you see it happening. I think it's going to be a, a very high-scoring game, a very fun and entertaining game where we see Patrick Mahomes taking on Lamar Jackson, the two best quarterbacks in football, maybe with Russell Wilson. But uh, if you're going to tell me Patrick Mahomes is number one quarterback, if you tell me Lamar Jackson is number one quarterback, I'm going to say, okay, uh, whichever one you feel like it is. The other one's number two in my book. I have Patrick Mahomes over Lamar Jackson, but I think the Ravens get the job done on Sunday in a very high-scoring, entertaining game with plenty of fantasy points and funness to go around. I have the Ravens over the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. 
That'll do it for today's podcast. Hope you guys had a fun listen. Hopefully, I helped you get some uh, players that you're on the edge who you like there as well. If you have any other questions, definitely hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. We are at FansportsGenius on Twitter, and we are at FantasyFootball underscore Genius underscore on Instagram. And if you want to get into our mastermind chat, let us know. We have weekly, monthly, and full season packet available, one-on-one access with yours truly via text messages regarding anything fantasy football. You have a question, it gets answered within, within 24 hours, 100% of the time, most likely be within an hour or two, and always available up until kickoff for those last second questions if you're part of our Mastermind chat. Join now and get that extra help to put your team over the top in 2020 and get those weekly W's. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Get those W's, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Have a great day. Have a great weekend.